You're listening to episode 13 of the Journey to Launch podcast. Goal setting, how to figure out where you are in your financial journey, and listener Q&A. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 everyone. Thanks again for joining me on the podcast. This episode is going to be a little bit different from the past couple that I've done. I'm going to do a solo episode because it's been a while since I've just gotten on the mic and spoken to you guys. I figured I'll try a little different format. So here's what we're going to get into today. I am going to talk a little bit about fourth quarter goals because I'm recording this on actually Sunday, October 1st. You'll be hearing this on October 4th if you're listening live. But even if you listen after this date, October 4th, you are basically entering into the last stretch, the home stretch of the year. So what are the things you can do with your finances, with your goals to make sure that you hit them, to make sure you hit whatever it is that you intend and want to do? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Then I want to talk a little bit about where you are on your financial journey, because it's quite possible that you are somewhere totally different than the next person that's listening. Obviously, you know, we all have our different starting points. And because the podcast and because the journey to launch in general, I cover a lot of topics. I wanted to just discuss where you are in your financial journey. So that way, when you listen to certain things, and when I come out with things in the future, you kind of have an idea of where you fall on that spectrum. And then I'm going to do something I think is pretty exciting. I'm going to talk to you guys directly. So I actually have a voicemail where you guys can call in and leave messages and ask questions. And I got two questions that I want to answer on the podcast today on this episode. And so we're going to get into that in a bit. So this is episode 13. And if you want the show notes for anything I discussed, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 13. And again, as I always say, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate the support and the feedback. I always tell you guys this every week because it really matters. It really means a lot to me that you guys are giving me all these these great comments. So whether it's a DM, whether it's in the Facebook group, whether it's on my Instagram page or Twitter, trust me, I read everything and I, I respond to pretty much everything. And so I appreciate it. So if you are listening, just remember to tell a friend to tell a friend. That's the best way this podcast gets out there. Also, if you happen to be listening in iTunes, please leave a review. So you guys have been so great about leaving reviews, and I appreciate that as well. Because as you know, if someone's searching for the podcast, when they see that there are more reviews, it just gives more credibility to my platform and helps it get more out there. So I thank you again. And yep, go leave that review if you can. All right, so let's just jump right in. It is the home stretch of the year. We are in the fourth quarter. You know, we only have three more months left for 2017. And I want you to take stock of what you've accomplished so far for the year. And hopefully you set goals when you started the year. 
right? So I know that New Year's resolutions are a big thing and every year we all probably make them (laughs) and we say what we want to accomplish. And a lot of the goals or resolutions that people come up with have a lot to do with usually fitness and health and finances. Think about what you thought you would accomplish this year in terms of your finances, how much debt you wanted to pay off, how much you wanted to save, what you wanted to do. And take stock of where you are if you haven't done that yet. I would recommend that you are doing this throughout the year anyway, but as the quarter ends, so you know, there's four quarters in the year. So as this one is beginning and we're in the home stretch, it's really, really important to understand what you've done so far because let's think about it. You only have three months left. If you understand where you went wrong or what you did right, you can maximize or minimize those things going forward. And it may, maybe you didn't maybe you didn't have financial goals, maybe you didn't even think that deep uh, about what you wanted to do this year, but it's not too late. So, I am going to give you a couple ways in which you can make sure you are going to end this quarter with a bang that you are focused and you're going to end the year off right. So, first things first, make sure that you are looking back at your goals and you have made them smart. So SMART stands for, the acronym is specific, so S, M, measurable, A, achievable, R, results, focus, and T, timely. Even if you have not set goals for the year, you can still set them. It's never too late to set them. Three months is a lot of time to get a lot of things done. And so let's just go over quickly what the SMART goals are. You want to make sure that they're specific. So make sure that they are specific and written and clearly defined with what you're going to do. So it's the what, why, and how. What exactly are you going to accomplish? Then measurable. Make sure they're measurable and you can have tangible evidence that you've accomplished the goal. And that's easier to do with your finances because finances are around numbers. And so you can say if you want to pay off $5,000 in debt, you can say if you want to save $15,000, you can say if you want to contribute $2,000 to your IRA, you can be very specific about your finances. So that makes it better when it comes to making your finances smart goals. Achievable. Goals should be achievable. They should stretch you slightly so that you feel challenged, but they are defined well enough that you can achieve them. And I would say that my retirement six years is a slightly a stretch goal because I really need to hit everything right to be able to do that. But again, just make sure that you are making sure that your goals are achievable because you don't want them to stretch you too much where they are, they don't make sense where you, you are running and you're aiming at this target that you really, if you did everything right, you couldn't hit because they're just not achievable. Then the next thing, are results focus. So you want to make sure that you are measuring the outcomes when you're looking back at if you are accomplishing your goals and not the activities, which seems kind of counterintuitive because it's actually, you know, I talk a lot about the systems and the activities that you need to do to reach your goals. But when you look back at it all, it's really the outcomes. If you're measuring the outcomes, you can, you're not too tied to if maybe one way of doing things didn't work and one way did work. So when I say to look at the outcomes, it's really just to focus on what worked. And that's really all you need to be focused on. And sometimes you might need to change directions. You might try one strategy and that strategy is not working. Maybe you tried a way of budgeting and you don't like 
the way that budget is working or you tried a way of maybe a cash envelope system to to spend and pay things and you don't like the way that's going. But if you're still able to hit your goals because you switched and you pivoted and you did something else, that's totally okay. Next letter, T, timely. So you wanna make sure they are timely. And with this, it's great that we're talking about this at the end of the year because we are talking about what you wanna accomplish in the next three months. And so be specific. You know, what are you accomplishing? It's going to be at the end of the year. And how can you do that? So I'd recommend that you really just look back, take stock of what you planned for the year. Make sure that the goals are smart. So that way they're easier, easier to accomplish. And like I said before, if you did not set your goals, it's okay. You can set them now and you can make them smart. My next tip for ending the year strong with your finances is to look at the wealth formula. So the income minus expenses equals that gap. And with that gap is how you build wealth. And so can you pick one part of the equation to work on? I would recommend each part. So pick something you can do on the income side that will help increase your income. Pick something you can do on the expenses side that will decrease your expenses or optimize your expenses. And then with that gap, think about what you can do with the gap to further bring you to reach your goals that we just talked about. And so, for example, maybe you're looking at your income and you're saying, "Okay, how can I for the next three months increase my income? Maybe it's selling things in your house that you don't use. Maybe it's putting your business, if you have a side hustle or a business in hyperdrive and really focus on providing value to your customers and selling more. Maybe it's working overtime. So think about what you can do within the next three months to increase your income and be specific, write those down. Expenses, you know, there's but so much you can reduce your expenses, but I would probably guarantee that you listening, even me talking, we can do more. And it's not to really be from a place of, deprivation where you are depriving yourself of the things you love it's really just taking stock of what you're spending things on and is it aligned with your goals the goals that you just set and then the gap so the gap would be what are you doing to do with that money so you increase your income you decrease some of your expenses and maybe you find a hundred dollars in your budget maybe you find fifty dollars maybe you find five hundred dollars what are you going to do to get to your goals. So are you gonna use that $500 to pay off debt? Are you gonna use that $500 to put towards your IRA? Are you gonna use that $500 to invest? So whether that's investing in a retirement account or a investment account or a business, decide what you're gonna do with that money. So I would say pick one thing you can do from each category, write it down and think about the remainder of the year that way. And then the last thing I would say is just stay focused. There's a lot of things happening. You know, it's the end of the year. Holidays are coming up. So it can feel like, you know, you're going to be pulled in different directions to spend money. And that's fine. But just stay focused on what you're actually doing and why you're doing it. The next thing I wanted to talk about was the journey that you're on, this financial journey that sometimes seems never ending. (laughs) You know, there are different stages in which in the journey to launch framework you can be. There are three stages I like to group people in. There is the beginner journeyer, there is the intermediate journeyer, and there is the advanced journeyer. 
And I sometimes struggle with how I can properly communicate my story, but provide realistic advice and tips and just resources that can apply to you where you are, which is why I decided to start to just think about my journeyers in that way in just the different buckets because I haven't reached the promised land of financial independence just yet, but I feel like, you know, I'm on my way. And so some of the strategies I talk about might not be relatable to you at this point, but that's what you're aiming for. You know, you want to be debt free. And on the other end of the spectrum, maybe you're already debt free. Maybe you don't even have a mortgage and you're already retired and you're listening to this. And so as you can see, there's like a large, like a wide spectrum of where you can be on the journey. And that's okay because the one thing we do have in common is that we just want to optimize our finances. We want to live our best life and we don't want to be controlled by a paycheck. And so I just wanted to break down what each journeyer point is and what you may be feeling on each one. And if you can identify with one more than the other, it actually would probably, um, it, it's good because I'm going to eventually start coming out with resources and products and services geared towards specific journeyer levels. And it actually goes back to what we just talked about when we were talking about finishing the year off with a bang and setting goals and trying to figure out what you should do, right? So part of my task is I want to make early retirement possible. I want to make financial freedom possible for myself. And part of the way that I'm doing that is journey to launch. Now it's not profitable yet. Um, I don't really sell anything at this point. I do offer coaching, which it's funny because I have not talked about that at all on the podcast because my time is so limited that I already have a couple clients and I've had clients in the past and it's it's a great, I mean, I love talking one-on-one with people, but it is time consuming and I don't have that many spots open, but I do offer coaching and when spots open up, which they will be opening up soon, um, I will let you guys know if you want to be coached by me one-on-one. And so coaching is one of the ways that I was making a little income, but it still doesn't cover the expenses that it takes to run Journey to Launch. And so I figured I needed to get more serious, um, more focused on how I can really turn Journey to Launch into a business. And I'm very careful about how to do that because I want to make sure I'm providing value. So whatever it is that I come out with, whether that's my coaching services, whether that's a course or anything, a masterclass, I want to make sure that it is providing value and it is something that is going to be impactful to your lives, which is why it's taking me so long to come up with something. And I'm not in a rush, but I realize that I do need to be more focused on it if I'm going to keep doing Journey to Launch because it does cost money to do this, to run the site, to run the podcast, to do everything that I'm doing. And so unless I can start making some money or at least covering my overhead and then eventually growing the business, then I don't, I can't see it as being sustainable. And so that's one of my focuses for the remainder of the quarter. When I say that I am thinking about how to talk better, how to provide better services to you, depending on where you are in your journey, I think it's important because not only does it let you understand where you are, but then it helps me figure out, okay, what can I do? What can I give you that's going to help you, that's going to progress you to the next level? And so let's just quickly go through each journey or point. 
And so the first one is the beginner journeyer. So I envision the beginner journeyer as someone who's just starting out on their journey. So you, maybe you haven't made the best financial decisions, but that's all in the past because you're here with me now. And perhaps your parents didn't teach you much about money and maybe you were sold a dream of paying for overpriced college education only to land a job that barely allows you to pay the minimum on your student loans. So whatever your reason, you're tired of sitting on the sidelines and watching other people live the life you were meant to live. You're looking to make some serious changes to your habits and mindset so you can break the negative financial cycle. You need help probably getting started and staying focused and learning the basics. And that's kind of like how I envision the beginner journeyer, someone who really is just coming to this, who has just opened their eyes and realizes they want to do things differently. And then the intermediate journeyer I see as someone who is in the thick of the financial freedom journey. So you see a faint light at the end of the tunnel, but you still need help organizing your finances, and creating an efficient debt payoff strategy. And you're able to support your lifestyle, but you know you can do more to reach your goals. And you want to whip your finances into shape and make the transition from a negative net worth to a positive net worth. And then I see my advanced journeyers. So the people who are a little further along than that are you're in a unique position in your financial journey. So you do have the tools you need to reach your goal. You may have a decent income. Maybe you're okay with your spending habits. Maybe you are slowly building your net worth, but you still feel stuck and you're a little bit unclear. You're unclear about how to take your finances to the next level. And so you really want to master the basics. So again, it doesn't even matter if you are advanced journeyer, because there are some things that maybe you still want to understand that a beginner journeyer doesn't know, which is what I love about kind of like the spectrum is that just because you're in one area doesn't mean that you are too above or too advanced to understand or go back and learn something else. And so as an advanced journeyer, you're just looking to gain some clarity and create a realistic, actionable plan to execute to reach your journey. So I'm curious if any of those resonate with you, if you find yourself in one of those buckets, the beginner, intermediate, and advanced. If you are still unsure, I actually created a quiz that you can take which will actually identify where you are on your journey, on your financial freedom journey. And you can go take that quiz at journeytolaunch.com slash quiz. If you go there, you'll be able to figure out after you take the quiz, like after you answer the questions, where you are. And it's a short quiz. I believe it's like eight to 10 questions and you'll finish in a few minutes, but it will identify where you are. And then based on where you are, it will kind of just give you maybe some of my resources that, I have or that I'm thinking of coming out with that you can look at. And so that's kind of the basis of the financial freedom journey and how I want to break up the content. And so I don't want you to get discouraged if you're a beginner or intermediate journeyer. And if you're an advanced journeyer, it still doesn't mean you know everything. There's still more things to learn. And I hope that the podcast is helping you do that. Okay, and so on to answering the questions that I got in the voicemail. So let's start. First, we are going to start with Anna. Let's listen to Anna's voice message. Hey, Jamila, it's Anna. I just wanted to leave a little recording for uh, your podcast. I had a question for you. Uh, My husband and I are planning on moving from California to Nashville next year. So we have set a big goal 
of trying to save $20,000 uh, to help with moving costs and a deposit uh, on a new apartment and all of that kind of stuff. Um, the thing is, I am also pregnant, expecting our second child, and I have been working my booty off trying to save this $20,000, not only through budgeting, but also picking up more work. And I'm tired. I already have a toddler and I'm pregnant and I'm tired. Yesterday I received in the mail, uh, one of my former employees wants to pay out a pension. They want to uh, pay out about $14,000. And that would basically get us very, very close to our $20,000 goal. My question is, do I take the money now, which would require me to pay a 30% tax on it, um, and I think maybe in addition a 10% um, fee for taking it out early because it's a retirement account, or do I roll it into a Roth IRA or another IRA retirement account and keep the money there? So let me know what you think, and I look forward to hearing more from you on the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Anna. So first of all, congratulations on your soon-to-be baby. And yes, I know it really must be hard chasing around a toddler. And then it sounds like you also work at home or work for yourself. And that can't be easy. And I know your energy is drained. But I would recommend that you actually keep the money in a qualified retirement account. So you can roll that $14,000 from your pension into an IRA. And then from the IRA, if you choose to, you can roll it into a Roth IRA or you can directly roll it into a Roth IRA. It depends on the tax consequences that you wanna take because once you convert that pre-tax money, because your pension is pre-tax money, if you convert it into a traditional IRA, that's still pre-tax money, so you don't have to pay anything. If it's a qualified plan, or if you convert it into a Roth IRA, it's actually post-tax. So you would probably have to pay, not you would probably, you would have to pay taxes on the 14000 that you convert. So either way, I recommend you just roll it over into a qualified retirement account. Because if you don't, you will be taxed not only for taking that money out, but then you would have the 10% penalty, like you said. So typically company, so your employer, your old employer would need to just hold 20% of the money that they're going to give you off the top for federal taxes. So right away, 20%, you're not going to see from the 14,000. And then they also hold 10% for the tax penalty. And so that's about 30% that you will not see right away. So it's about $4,200 of the 14,000 that you will not see. And that actually can increase depending on what your marginal tax rate is. So depending on what you get taxed at, you know, maybe you're in a 25% tax bracket, your marginal rate or 30%, you're going to get taxed additionally, whatever the gov your company did not hold back on. And furthermore, if you work or live in a state that has taxes, you're going to have to pay state taxes. So as you can see, that 14000 can dwindle pretty quickly and you're not going to get the full benefit. And so I know that you're, you guys are saving for a cross-country move. So kudos to you for thinking ahead and planning for that. But I'd really, really suggest that you do not take this pension buyout. I know that it is very, very tempting, <laughs> but it will not be worth it in the end. And actually think about it. If you kept that $14,000 in 
a qualified, say, IRA or retirement account and let it just sit there. So you don't even contribute to it anymore. You let it sit there and grow. In 30 years, assuming a 6% rate, that money can grow to about $80,000 at a 6% rate, assuming that. And so as you can see, like getting less than the 14000 back, so what the 14000 minus the 4200 gives you a little bit under 10000 plus if you have extra fees and taxes taken out, it's going to be even less than that. You can end up with some cash right now, but if you leave it in there, you let it grow, even if you don't touch it again, you can have up to almost $80,000 in 30 years. And so I'd recommend that you roll it over and fight that temptation. And if you have to maybe see if you can reduce that budget, that moving budget, or maybe find other ways to increase the income where you're not going to be as stressed. But I really think that you can find a better way to not touch that money. So I hope that answers your question. Thank you so much for leaving your voicemail. Okay, this next voicemail is from Amber, who has a question about law school and the financial considerations on attending. Hi, Jamila. My name is Amber, and I'm a 22-year-old recent college graduate whose family gave lots of love but had little to offer in the areas of personal finance and wise money decisions. I've been working full-time for almost a year now, and during these 10 short months, I've made some significant discoveries about myself. The most notable is that I'm not interested in working for someone for the rest of my life or even for the next 20 years. Thanks to your podcast, I now have a better understanding of what it means to be financially independent, and I've begun taking small steps like starting an emergency fund and contributing as much as I can to my savings. My dilemma, however, is that I'm currently applying for law school, and I know that a legal education does not usually come without significant debt, and my income will be effectively non-existent for three years. I've decided that a legal education will help me to pursue my passions, but I'm conflicted about the financial situation I will be in at the end of my education. I would love to hear any advice you could offer for a beginning journeyer like me. I love your show and the resources you offer are invaluable. Please keep it going. And thanks in advance. Hi, Amber. First of all, let me say you have a lovely, soothing voice. Sounds like you were made for radio or a podcast. (laughs) But to get to your point. So I thought your question was really good. And I actually reached out to a couple of law friends, um, one virtually and one in real life, because I figured I needed some feedback from people who've actually been in your situation. Like these are two lawyers that went to law school, are on different paths, but they have that debt that you are talking about. And so they actually had some interesting points. The first uh, lawyer that I spoke to or I messaged about it was Art Steele. She has the Legal Ease podcast. And she talked about making sure you knew like why you were going. And so I know you said that you want to reach financial freedom and you don't want to work for anyone. And so I would just say, make sure you know why you're going to law school. Like, what do you want to do with that degree? Is it is your goal to really maximize your income and work really, really hard for 10, 20 years and then retire? So are you going to work at a firm? Do you eventually want to open your own practice? But I would really just think about like why you want to go to law school and then what you're going to actually do with your degree. And I reached out to another friend who is a lawyer, went to law school, and she had some great points. You know, she said to go where gives you money. And so maybe it won't be a top 
tiered school, but it maybe if it's a tier two or three and you think you can be in the top percent and they give you scholarships and money to go, then maybe you'd do better there as a big fish in a small pond versus going to a school or private school or one of the highly ranked ones where you're going to be a small fish in a big pond. So I think overall, both had some like great tips in terms of really understanding why you're doing it really thinking about the debt and like your what like what you're going to do. And so I would just think about that a bit more. Really understand like why you're going. My friend Andrea also mentioned that there's something called an LLM degree where it's not as um it's not a law degree but you can still get some of the benefits of a law degree or go into certain certain industries or specialties with that LLM and it won't be as expensive. So just make sure you're doing your research. I'd also advise you to talk to actual lawyers who are in the field. So if you kind of know the law you want to practice and the school you might want to go to, reach out to people, alumni, reach out to people who are in the field and ask them what their lifestyle is like. Ask them about their debt. Really do as much research as you can because sometimes these law educations are as big as a mortgage like or even bigger. And while your income potential can be high, it's going to be a lot of work and you're going to have to really, really stick with it if you're going to pay it off. So I definitely like that you are thinking ahead before you make such a decision, but just think a bit further and kudos to you for definitely wanting to raise your finances, to raise your financial profile and to do something different from what I'm assuming, um, like what your family did. So I think that's kudos to you. But again, just make sure you do your research because that's a ton of debt you do not want to be buried under, especially if you find out maybe after a while that you're just not into it or it's not something you want to do. So take your time and don't rush into it. And I hope that helps. Thanks again, Amber. So there you have it. That was episode 13. I want to thank Anna and Amber for calling in and asking their questions. If you have questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast, you can leave that at journeytolaunch.com slash voicemail. I'd be happy to listen, play your question on air and answer your question. Also, if you want to take that quiz that I mentioned earlier to see where you are on your financial journey, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash quiz. And are you ready for one more direction? (laughs) How many things do I tell you guys to do like in this podcast, like a million? Okay, but this one is if you want to get any of the show notes, if you want to just... If anything I mentioned you want to follow up on, you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 13. And as I always end the show, if you are enjoying it, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcasting app you're listening to. And if you're listening in iTunes, please leave that review. All right, speak to you next week. 